Hey guys, we are back. Welcome to Rankable episode 48. I'm your host as usual, senior account executive at iPool Rank, Jared Thomas. And I'm joined by my co-host, the best demand gen man in the game, Garrett Sussman. <laughs> you know, I gotta, come on, man. I gotta big you up, baby. And, then we, <laughs> and we have a, a special, special guest today with this one we've been circling on the calendar. You know, so super happy to have her on today. So if you're not familiar with her, this is our very own content marketing, uh, um, content marketing director. Uh, she's a proven content marketing strategist for over 10 years, has worked in multiple capacities with agencies as brands, as well as helping with uh, content strategy, execution, um, and helping drive more results for our clients. So super happy to have her here. And I want to introduce you guys to our first our guest today, Alexandra Schoenholtz Palusco. 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 I had, I was like, oh, it was smooth. It was smooth. Newly married, new last name, totally fine. I had to put it phonetically in my phone at first, too, because I also couldn't pronounce it. Not when I got married, but before that. <laughs> I, I'd be curious with, with, with how your search, like, is that going to really mess up? Like, how quickly they'll switch over searching for you on Google if you if you search for your old name versus your new, new name? Like, I'm, the, clock, the clock's on now. I'm going to start looking once you change all your all your mentions around. around. <laughs> After this, Palesco's going to be up. There it goes. <laughs> but thanks, but Alexandra, thanks for joining us. I'm super happy to have you here. And for those watching today, what our what our topic today is how to create enterprise level content strategy, right? So we're gonna be going through what are you know what are some of the processes of creating strategy? How is um creating for enterprise versus mid-size? What are the differences there? Um, how do you go about brand and voice tone tone and guidelines, right? How do you stay stay uh, true to those? And how do you research and come up with new topics for articles that you may not be an expert in, right? And how do you make sure you put the best foot forward? So before we begin, guys, I would love to hear from you, Alexandra, like what's your background and we'd love to hear about how you got into the industry and really why you're so passionate about content. Yeah, I actually have always, so funny, funny story, I actually initially had gotten into a, a school, the School of Management at UMass for Marketing. And then at that time in my life, I was like, I, I really shunned it and I poo-pooed it and I said, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pay this university money to teach me science because I don't know anything about science. And uh, I was a biology major for a little bit. I'm actually not very good at science. I'm actually like very good at content and stuff. So I ended up <laughs> a couple of years later back to love science, but back to my right brain creativity, really where, you know, where my strengths are. Uh, and I really just kind of fell into it. You know, when I moved to New York, I really happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I got offered a position in a communications department. And it was there that I really fell in love with content marketing. And that was back yeah. in 2010. And I essentially helped this organization build their content marketing program, their their communications and marketing department from nothing, where we were had this shamefully, these shamefully static sites and really no marketing. I think we did maybe a, an ad here and there to and maybe a couple of hard copy info sheets to something that was really living and breathing and involved our subject matter experts and you know grew in budget and strategy over time because we were able to continue to prove ourselves and prove our worth uh, and really you know all aspects of content marketing i was blessed and you know we have to have a wonderful team and to work on a small team. So it really allowed me to touch all aspects of, you know, content marketing and communications. And, uh, and that's it. I've been here ever since. You know, I, I did it. I didn't know that you were a biology major. I love didn't know how that either. with our company, but it, that's the thing is like, there is this left brain, right brain kind of crossover. Mm -hmm. Now, 
part of the right, the right brain, which I think that's the creative side. Um, you know, when we're talking like content and we're talking strategy before you even dive into that, uh, we talk a lot at I pull rank about kind of like audience research and personas for an enterprise. You typically have a pretty massive audience. Absolutely. How important is that to your job and kind of where do you begin when you're looking at that to inform the content strategy that you're ultimately going to help clients with? Sure. I mean, it is the strategy, right? It's like, and as somebody, and I think that's, you know, I so often, and especially at the beginning of my content marketing journey, and when it comes to audience research, that is time intensive, it's research intensive, it is not just a quick little Google search and figure out what we, you know, so-and-so is between 50 and 60. There are some real details that can inform what we're doing. So I think this is a great point because when it comes to using that creative side and that like right brain activity versus the left brain activity of the technical, we really need to start with a foundation of some technical technical aspects. I will say, put that in air quotes because I am, <laughs> you, you, our SEO engineers at this company would tell you that I am nowhere near a technical. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that too sometimes, for sure. <laughs> but in terms of, right, the, the hard data really, or the harder data, you know, we really need to have that as a baseline that can really serve as the launching pad for developing these ideas for content and a strategy that actually is going to work and is actually going to resonate with the people who we hope are going to read it. Absolutely. I think you hit on a, a great point. I think the, the biggest misconception, I think, and you just speak to it too, is from back in the day from 2010 and how it's evolved from now. I think the biggest problem or the challenge that most brands face is that they write content for the algorithm and not for the person. Right. You guys have to do that. And what you nailed that you nailed it with the audience report. Right. What need, we need to go into it. Right. We all think we have an idea of who our audience is. Right. But you have the data speaks for itself. Right. Know where they're congregating. Where do they consume content? What keywords should I be targeting to get them? Right. And would I read this damn piece of content? Right. <laughs> like, really? Like, would you like it? Would it be informative for you if you were on the other side? Right. So those are some things that I think most content marketers, or at least some kind of mistake uh, and kind of just go for algorithm and. That's a big thing you hit. Right. You know, and I think we get into this and especially, right, we get into the thought of how is Google ranking our content, right? And what do we need to be doing and all of that technical aspects. And right, there is this balance of balancing what we're doing for, you know, what works for our robot readers and making sure that we're adhering to those to those standards. But also at the end of the day, if our humans aren't looking at this and if it's not resonating with us, you know, we need to be creating content for humans, right? We need to get past past the understanding or the idea of getting just a simple click through, right? It's like, Absolutely. and that sort of maps back to, and I think also, again, it relates to the audience, you know, the audience research and the keywords is, you know, who are brand messaging, right? It's like, exactly. so even before all that, to even take another step back and to switch back into really that creative stuff, mm-hmm. who are we, right? It's like, as, and especially in today's world, right? It's like people, people really care about the companies that they're interacting with. People really care about, yeah stuff that they're buying and where it comes from, right? It's like, and when you connect, I mean, my sister is very, I defer to her because she's very active on Instagram and she always knows. All Shout the out tools. to her. Yes, <laughs> Stephanie Schoenholz. She knows the, she has a real understanding of brands that she wants to interact with and the why, right? And that's yeah. not, 
that's not unique to her, right? It's like, that is a trend that we have been seeing for the last five, six years, right? We've been sure. ramping up and we are there, right? I remember hearing about that back in like 2015, that people yeah. are gonna start to care about stuff. We have arrived, right? It's like, yeah. what is our brand story and how are we telling that? And how is that also, then can we write content for humans on a psychological level to really connect with folks, right? Not just make sure that we are, filling filling the void and feeding the Google monster with enough keywords to to keep up. There is an element of feeding the monster, right? Which yeah. is what we talk about sort of in, you know, some of our content strategy systems. But um, but at the end of the day, we really need to be grounded in this like psychological connection component and backed yeah. by audience research and effective keywords. Yeah, I, I, I like the way that you, you think about that. And, and that is tying the, the purpose of the content Thanks. to both you know, the audience yeah. and the business, which ultimately matters. And so like when we're working with a client or even say there's someone who comes into an enterprise and they're, they're responsible for the content, you've got your audience personas, you've got your brand messaging. Where do you start? Do you look at the content that you already have? Do you just start doing new content from the get-go? Like wh what do you typically recommend for that? Content audits, baby. Yeah. <laughs> One of what these, is that? So, yeah, so a content audit, right? So we do fantastic, not to plug out full rank, but to plug out full rank. We not do them out. We do really, and you have to, right? We have to understand where we're at, right? If we don't know what we've been producing and what's, what's been working or what is worth saving or what we need to pivot, then there's no way that we can actually improve on that for the future. So typically what we like to do, we use a few tools, we do a quantitative assessment, right? And then we also do a qualitative assessment where we go through each piece and each page, not even just like a blog post, but actual pages on the website. And we'll we'll map it to what's the audience? What is the need state, right? What What's the actionability of this piece, right? Is this share worthy? What are our recommendations? Do we keep it? Do we improve it? Or do we discard it? Is there an opportunity yeah. to turn this into something else, right? Because I know their enterprise, if there is one person who comes in and having been a person who maybe was the one person <laughs> surrounded by a few other people who had other specialties doing content, right? we need to understand, you know, I need to know, I only have so many hours in the day, right? It's like we all have so many hours in the week. We all have so many work day, right? We don't want to go crazy. And there is a real opportunity to create this multi-channel strategy and use what we have and repurpose, 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 right? It's like, let's think smart, you know, work smarter, not harder, work hard, but work smarter. Absolutely. <laughs> work smart. And why it's a big thing, as you said, too. Why not repurpose your content, right? Like, so if you guys are, are putting resources, time, you're creating the content, you're putting it out there, why not use that asset and just re, re spruce, spruce it up, make it better for your audience, change it mm -hmm. up? It, you know, way people communicate or with content or consume content on Instagram, LinkedIn, all these other places are going to be. You know, completely different, especially even on your website, right? So that's actually leads us to another question I would love to hear from you. I think a lot of content, or at least a lot of brands, they drop the ball in distribution of the content. And you hit the nail earlier where as far as you create the content, it could be the greatest, but if nobody actually consumes it, no one actually enjoys it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of pointless. So what kind of effort should somebody or should brands put onto the distribution or versus the actual asset? Yeah, absolutely. So something that I love to do is before we create anything and before I've ever created anything and for my own brain and for actual yeah. content campaign and strategy success, yeah. I need to think through a brief at the beginning, right? It's like, so yeah. we've done our keyword research, we've done our audience research, and now I have this gigantic 
content brief, which is maybe a couple of pages, and it's a bullet point outline of what I'm going to do. So before I create every piece of content, no matter what it is, I've outlined, I now know, you know, there's a section there, who out of maybe our four or five folks that we're trying to connect with, who are those people? What are the keywords that I'm focusing on for this piece? What is the rollout strategy, right? It's like, how are, do I have the tweets and the LinkedIn posts and the Instagram posts? Do I need additional images? Are we doing an Instagram story? All of that is prepped and planned at the outset, right? And this all rolls up for me. We have wonderful tools that we use, but there was a time in my life where we were not allowed to purchase tools at an organization I was at. And we had these, I had this calendar strategy, This these like three gigantic dry erase calendars. I had yeah. a digital Excel calendar with different verticals that I was working across and mapping all of that out and understanding some rollouts were six months long right? Depending on what the content is, if it's an actual, you know, one was an actual book or an ebook that was quite hefty, right? It's like, that was a six month promotional process, right? It's like to just create the content and say, okay, we're just going to post it. And it's a one and done, right? It's like, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing the content a disservice. And especially as somebody, right? You know, we, we were chatting about this before we hopped on, but I am a lot, you know, as a content expert, I am a content expert. I'm not a subject matter expert in biology, despite mm-hmm. the brief time I had around. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yes. <laughs> you know, me too. I'm not an expert in artificial intelligence. I'm not an expert. In, and I'm usually leveraging the folks that I work with. Hopefully I've done a good job of mapping out what that calendar looks yeah. like. I've said I've said to those people who have other full-time jobs, right? Who whose job is not to work with who you typically doesn't work, you know, involve working <laughs> with me and me chasing them down to get them yeah. on a podcast or like get their, you know, get pick their brain about a blog post that we're writing. Yeah. I need to be able to connect with those folks and, and with enough time too. So we can also leverage them as folks sure. who are promotional partners, right? It's like we have, we had this one, a, a, a rock star that I, in my previous company years ago, who essentially ran Medicare and his name, uh, well, maybe I won't say his name on here, but everybody, but everybody <laughs> space. Um, and we use that to our advantage, right? It's like we connected with him. We said, hey, we want to do this thing. It's all part of this larger strategy, right? All of the planning up front. So that means for me, right? When it comes to, you know, it gets to like October, if I'm in an enterprise, right? September, September, we start having these conversations and we start calendar planning for the next year, right? Who are the people? What are the verticals? What are the content pillars? Who are the audience segments? And what do we want to focus on? We've had conversations with sales and the business leaders to know what they want to focus on. So we're, of course, wrapping it up into the strategic goals. We are never working in a vacuum. We are here to serve as content people and making sure that people, we are communicating what the strategy is, whether that's an all hands meeting or, you know, a company wide webinar about sort of here's what we're doing. And we are psyched to feature you. So keep an eye out connecting with people at the different levels to make sure that we're going to be, you know, leveraging their skill set, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, especially in large organizations where we have numerous subject matter experts, that's one of our selling points. If we're going to be establishing that expertise, authority and trustworthiness, and we want to be saying something that's different than the repeat content, the copycat content that gets published and published and published out there, we need to be looking inward to our subject matter experts and having targeted questions and, you know, an interviewing style where we are pulling out those stories. And again, to circle back, creating that human content, right? 
Yeah, so the whole thing kind of seems very yeah. cyclical. And, and I imagine also at the enterprise level, there's this aspect of repetition, automation, governance. Um, how yeah. do you typically work with clients? Like, what's the best way to turn it into a content machine that the work that, you know, our team's producing, or if it's an in-house team that they're producing, mm -hmm. gets delivered and distributed and created in a way that's the most efficient, but also delivers yeah. the most value. Yeah, absolutely. I think as we, you know, I just very long windedly said, involving everybody and letting everybody know what the goal is at the outset, yeah. mapping that strategy. But when it comes to actually getting that content through, um, I have this one, this, this uh, famous, back when we would create these marketing slicks, we call it the info sheet that doesn't end. You want to have, because there were so many people felt like they needed to add, change this word here, and we want this word here, and this yeah. is, you know, and now so-and-so needs to review it, and now you've taken those changes, so I want to look at it again. And it was just like, nobody can look at this if we never put it out in the world. So my recommendation there would be involve as many people as you need to, but as little people, as few people as possible, right? Yeah. Um, we really need to think through because again, you know, as you said, the content that we create is only as good as the people who are going to read it and engage with it. And if we are not putting it out in the world, then we don't give people a chance to react to it, right? And then we also don't get a chance to find out if it works or if it doesn't work, you know? And that's that's another, you know, for me, one of the reasons that I love being in the content business is because if something doesn't work, right? It's, it's still exciting. You know, I would used to obsessively watch, I would do these LinkedIn sponsored update campaigns and yeah. you're supposed to like give it time. I would just like love to watch the tick to see what's performing better. Yeah. And what's actually not performing at all. Or if something happens that it doesn't perform, that's not a failure. That's information, right? Yeah. It's like, that's, yeah. that's a launching pad for going forward. Okay, great. We just received more information and now we know how to do it better next time. Yeah, I'm also curious. You actually brought up another good point. I'm curious to hear from you. Like, has there been a time in your career where you've created a, a, a content asset and it's kind of exploded and done way, you know, exceeded your expectations? And has there been a opportunity where it's been reversed, where you just knew this piece of content was going to go and it didn't? And how did you pivot from there? Ooh, ooh okay, yeah. So I definitely so that the the first one. Let me. I'll have to give some thoughts. Second one, but I'll jump on the first one. The first right. one was that this. Uh, essentially it was a hardcover book. So we had this business mm -hmm. goal where our president and CEO said, I want to write a book and I want this book to be sent hard copy book, actually not an ebook. We ended up turning it into some smaller ebooks. And he, he said, went, he went old school, old school. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it was hospital and healthcare executives, right? Yeah. And so the idea, he's like, I want to have a thing that people can hold and they see our brand. And I think there's real value to that, Absolutely. right? Stuff, right? They can put it on our shelf. I was like, great. Brand awareness. The problem with that is that there's no real way to track those things, exactly. right? Like there's, it's sort of, you just kind of send it out into the world. You hope that maybe somebody opened it. You hope it didn't get lost in the mail or thrown in the trash or one of those things. So what I had to do at that point was come up with a strategy. And a lot of this kind of circles back to our promotional strategy about how we were going to turn this into something that we could actually track and, yeah. you know, turn into useful insights. What I ended up doing was taking this book and we had an online assessment. So what we did is we took, so first of all, to back up, there were 
10 chapters, which meant there were 10 subjects, which meant there were 10 teams of several different people from different disciplines who I had to connect with who were the subject matter experts. I went into that, right? So these are our folks. I could not Google this stuff. I had to sit, was doing post-its all over the wall. We're having these ideation ses sessions. And people, I think another, you know, if you're in the, the world of content, knowing that a lot of people in the subject matter experts we're working with, can be so in the details about stuff or so in the day-to-day -day grind. Mm -hmm. It can be hard and it is very, I think we can, you know, take it for granted that we can see the story in things and we can see the compelling story in things. I worked in healthcare supply chain and it was my job to make healthcare supply chain sexy. And I think <laughs> I did like a really good job of it after a while, but that's not something that you think it was, right? That's not AI, that's not robotics, you know, that's not three printed yeah. kidneys, you know? It's like, but it is something that we had this opportunity and I had an opportunity to connect with these folks and turn this into one, a great book and two, an incredible and well, you know, very robust promotional strategy that involved mm. a lot of online work and turning that book into essentially an online assessment, a series of 10 online assessments that we also mm. then promoted and then folks could get pieces of the book or a free book sent to them. We were able to track metrics that way. That is a very short Love that. that story. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was like an entire, and that was an entire year that, that wow. promoted plan was just an entire year, right? It's like, let alone the work leading up to it. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of a piece of content that totally maybe just flopped. And um, I, I, it might have to be a sponsored update campaign, but I do remember like, and I can't remember what it was, um, but I do remember Putting it's tricky. World. Yeah, like, I, LinkedIn's hard. I mean, that's the crazy yeah. thing too, right? Is like you can ha think you have something that works, and then you do it a second time. You do the exact same thing, and it's a total flop, despite the fact that you're doing everything that worked the first time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, and I can remember it happening, and just being like, "All right, well, that's actually <laughs> important. <laughs> that is also." a good result. Now I know that nobody cares about this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, what happens in that scenario though? Like, isn't it, is it hard or difficult to deal with the client in that, in that regard afterwards? So say you push the button, we go live, it didn't really get the, you know, results and it was our idea, right? So how do we pivot? Do we lose credibility in that sense? What if they force their ideas and then we feel like it won't work? How do you kind of balance that? I have been fortunate in, you know, to not have had it of course, yeah. because you're, you're a rock star. Just, yeah, I <laughs> didn't have access to a bunch of tools and I was just, you know, you know, running on our subject matter expertise and some, some preliminary audience research that I do nothing. But and one of the reasons I don't think I've had that because we are so robust, again, to full, go full circle in our audience research and our keyword research and what we are doing, um, you know, but. But I think again, right, it's information. I think at that point, you know, if that were to happen with a client and we needed to look at that, that's what we would do. We would pause, yeah. we would say, okay, let's take a look. Let's see where this went wrong. Let's go back through and sort of do an analysis on, you know, a root cause analysis. Yeah. What did we miss here? You know, or is there a tweak that we can make? And can we fire this off again and try this in a different way? What do we need to change to make this a success really is what this is, especially when dealing with clients, right? And you know, and that can also, especially, and if you're working with internal stakeholders at an enterprise too, and that's, you have internal clients, right? It's like, yeah. it's, you, you know, you are working, you are essentially, I used to, 
feel like my job, I was an, a- an agency for the people who worked at this organization, right? A, a very small one to few person agency. And, you know, we need to be sensitive to when folks have ownership and folks have a real stake in what is being said in being careful. Right. Cause I think in content, if it happens to me, exact, right. Exactly. I'm like, all right, whatever. Who cares about this? (laughs) And that's good information. Right. It's like, and of course that's good information for everybody, but I think being delicate and being diplomatic, there's a way to say to, to pivot and look at that and say, where did we go wrong here? Right. And then again, of course, here's more, you know, more information for us as we go, go forward. I think yeah. so. You did such a good job, kind of mapping out the major investment that content is. Like to do yeah. it well, it takes planning, mm-hmm. it takes yeah. research, it takes you know truly understanding the customers. It is not something that you can just like slap together and hope to go viral. For someone who's in an enterprise who needs the budget. And this is always a tough question. Who's like trying to pitch the value of content for their org. What recommendations do you make of like the value that, you know, hiring an agency brings when it comes to like really investing in content and content Mm -hmm. strategy? Absolutely. And having been in this situation and having had a very, an organization that was tied on the purse strings and we were able to grow it over time. But if you're looking to work with an agency and you're doing that initial planning and you're saying, we only have this many people, we only have this much time and here's where we're lacking. Okay. And look at your whole strategy and say, you know, do I need tools? Is that where I'm lacking? Do I have people on my team who can take ownership of that and understand we've got people that can do the research. Would it be helpful for me to have me personally, I think, especially is that starting point saying we have this amount of this amount of dollars. My cat's rubbing all over this computer. <laughs> That's amazing. And she doesn't make I'm a waiting difference. for the moment. That's exactly so. She's like, okay, she's settling down. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. Um, you know, where can we put those dollars, right? And especially, you know, you need to be realistic. And especially when it comes to, right, the whole strategy is who are we talking to and what do they care about, right? And especially that's something that's so research intensive. And a lot of times bringing in an agency who is an expert level at doing those types of things, like I pull rank, we have amazing audience reports. It informs every single thing we do. It makes our jobs easier when we do the... You know, and I'm a big believer in that, just as with the creative briefs and the strategic briefs, it's like the more planning and the more work that I do up front, the more that I can just like fly. I can fly through the rest of the year. Right. Like because that informs it. So figure out what that looks like. Right. It's like whether it's do you need additional folks to help writing, you know, and come up with a conservative understanding. And it's okay. Start small. Start as small as you need to try what you need to and then. See what you can do, you know, be clear about what your objectives are, how you are improving business goals. There's a lot of wonderful information online about how improving your search rankings is one of the most cost effective ways that you can more than traditional marketing tactics. Right. I think it's like it's three times more effective and 60 percent you know, cheaper, essentially, to improve your organic search, your your search. and figure out what you need to do to prove your worth and grow from there. So whether, no matter how small it is, take a look, be deliberate, but be honest with yourself and look at your assets at front. And a lot of times 
working with an agency to help you build that foundation. So if, if that's what you've got and then you can fly and you can give it a shot, go for it. Absolutely. So any executives or brands listening to this right now, content marketing works. It just maybe your approach may be falling flat, right? It's 2021 right now. You have to be informing, educating, and entertaining your, your consumers way before the buying process starts, way before they get on the phone with Jared and Garrett and anybody else. You know what I mean? I way hope they're entertained that. now. I, I yeah. hope this is entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> and to put an additional plug to any of the executives out there who are listening and folks who might be just starting on this SEO content journey, content marketing takes time. Right, yes. SEO, SEO content. Yes. You know, I'm not going to put out a piece of content and then all of a sudden rise to the ranking. So exactly. make sure that when we are communicating as content marketers, communicating our plans, that we are very clear about that. Right? It's like yes. this is feeding into a longer term strategy. You got to do a lot of groundwork to really make the to move the mountains there. But Absolutely. it's it's really all worth it in the end. And it is, you know, that is. That's what works, you know. Gone are the days of being like, oh, okay, I need a plumber. I'm going to go to the phone book and pick one out. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Exactly. That's how I look. I was looking for fridge magnets on Amazon. I've spent, you know, looking at the reviews between four and five stars. I like went down a black hole of like of magnets to make sure that they were strong enough. That's something. Yeah. That was like a $15 investment. You know what I mean? It's like when we're thinking about bigger stuff, we have to understand that people are looking to our online presence and what we are producing and what other people are saying about us and how we're part of the conversation to really justify the purchase. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. And the way social works right now is if you don't see it, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to put your stuff out there. Right. You have to put your brand story out there. You have to be in touch with consumers. And I would love to end it on this note. Right. Is there such thing as too much content for a brand? Yeah, I think so. I absolutely think right. so. If you're publishing like, you know, I mean, but see how what people are, you know, see what people are consuming. It depends on the enterprise, right? It's like, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like for a small company, okay, maybe a blog a week is what you can do, right? It's like, I don't know anybody who's putting out there are some organizations that put out, I'm trying to speak fast because I see we're coming up on time. Okay. Like 50 <laughs> blogs a week. Who's reading that? You know what I mean? How many people are reading that? What What's the type of organization? How much do you need to put out to keep people engaged? But you also don't want to overwhelm them. So making sure that's a great point, that that's part of your measurement plan as well, right? Am I posting too little? Am I posting too much? Um, yeah. There is definitely a sweet spot um, based on your organization size and what the industry is. Absolutely. Well, I, I loved it. I love everything about this kind of I could keep going. I want to keep going, but we can't keep going. Unfortunately, I got a couple minutes. If you guys want to fly, I'm going. I'm ready. <laughs> I, don't give me a couple minutes. It's going to easily turn into like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you again, Alexandra. Thank you again for dropping the insights and dropping the gems. You know, I enjoyed this conversation. No, of course, we should have had you on earlier, but we're going to get you back. Um, <laughs> Thank you for everybody watching. I see we got six or seven viewers. Um, thank you guys for tuning in, stopping your, you know, taking time out your day to, to rock with us. We really appreciate it. Next week, we got product-led SEO with Eli Schwartz. If you're not familiar with them, he's wrote an amazing book about product SEO. We're going to talk about all the differences of that. How can you level up in your e-commerce strategy and get more sales? So thank you again, guys, for tuning in to Rankable. We love you guys. And thanks again, team. See you next week. Bye. Yeah.